Welcome to the Central Baptist Church Podcast. Located in the heart of Victoria, BC, we are a church that seeks to renew our community through the gospel. For more information, visit centralbaptistchurch.ca. Well, our scripture passage today is from Matthew chapter 7. So grab your Bibles, or if you have a device with your Bible app on there, you can grab that now. And turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to start in verse 24 and read until verse 27. And so Matthew 7, verse 24 says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. This is the word of the Lord. And so today is part three in our series, uh, Through the Storm. And today I want to talk about what are you building your life on? And so for us, this is a real series in which we can engage in and move forward. And I just pray that the Spirit will meet you today. Whatever you're going through, that you would meet with Jesus and that you would contemplate your future and where he is calling you. And so actually, I remember a time in which we did this family reunion. And I was a teenager at the time, and my, uh, all the kids were tenting in the backyard, and all the adults were sleeping in this big house. And one of my cousins, who was about 16 at the time, had his own tent. And one of my uncles was a prankster. And so my cousin was sleeping to about noon, and my uncle's like, well, let's dismantle his tent and see what happens. So he quietly went over to the tent and started to pull the poles off, and the whole thing had collapsed. But actually, my cousin didn't even move. He continued to sleep. And so my uncle wanted to kind of take it up a level, and he's like, hey, Steve, grab the hose. And so I grabbed the hose, and he put it in the tent. He zipped it up a little bit, and then, of course, turned the hose on. And then suddenly, there was this mass scramble and panic as he was trying to make it out of the tent. And of course, everyone is laughing. But it wasn't until the storm happened, until he woke up. And then he realized that everything around him suddenly collapsed. Do you see where I'm going here? Here's another one. A while back, I remember in the news, it was about 2014, and I saw this headline where a luxury home was dangling off a cliff, and it was over the Lake Whitney. There should be a photo. And you see, they they built it right on the shore, and it's, you know, they would have had these amazing views. You know, it was their dream home. And if you look closely, all the construction would have been the same as all the other houses in the area. But the house was built on a bad foundation. 
and it started to give away and the entire home started to come crashing down. In other words, the foundation matters. Whether you can articulate it or not, you are building your life on something. And many build their lives on things like values or being true to yourself or just maintaining a certain lifestyle, you know, personal fulfillment, happiness, pleasure, elitism, you know, your own image, whatever it is, you are building your life on something. And then when you start to peel back the carpet to see what's underneath, the motives, the question you need to be asking yourself, what are you building your life on? Well, the question is, can it withstand a crisis or a storm You know, what about the cultural storm that's happening right now with all the politics going back and forth and which side do you land on? What about the pandemic and the lockdowns and all the change? Will it withstand the storm? For many of us, this year has really rocked our entire world. It showed us that our foundation is shaky. It's not as solid as what we thought And there's been this significant shift all over the place. And many are falling. So the question for all of us is, what are you building your life on? Well, today I want to be looking at one of Jesus' illustrations at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And throughout the sermon, Jesus provides many metaphors to illustrate the same thing. He's talking about two types of people. You know, there's two ways. There's one that is solid and one that is not. There's two roads. There's two trees. And then there's two houses built on different foundations. And Jesus is talking about two types of so-called Christians. So as we build our life, we need to understand that there's two types of people. Both heard the the words of Christ, both built houses, and both were tested. But first, we need to understand that the two types of people both heard Christ's words, but responded differently. In other words, they both heard Christ's words. So look with me at Matthew 7, 24. This is what it says. It says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Let's just focus on the word everyone. I mean, this really does include every person that Jesus was talking to. And back in the day, you would have seen the crowds kind of come around him and there would have been disciples There would have been the Pharisees. There would have been all types of different people listening in. But this also includes everyone throughout history. It's everyone who has heard the gospel message by reading his word. Everyone. But we also must recognize who said those words. 
that everyone who heard Christ's words recognized that there was power in the specific and directive words of Christ. And because it's the words of Christ, we need to recognize that Jesus is speaking. So let's keep reading. It says, everyone who hears. The Bible tells us that hearing is important. That you have to hear about the words of Christ before you can believe in Christ. And as Romans 10, 17 says, it says, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the words of Christ. And it's one of our jobs to get the message of Christ out there so others can hear that the words of Jesus are vital to faith. And this is what Jesus is saying, that there's a connection between everyone needs to hear the words of Christ. And then he moves on so that they can do what I say. And he says, that is what a wise man or woman does. They hear and they obey. They hear and they do. You know, there's this vital connection between hearing and doing. And Jesus talks about it all the time. That he reveals himself through creation, through the word of God. And as people hear his truth, there's this vital responsibility for us to respond. That if we don't respond that we are going to have problems and we're building our life on something that's shaky. But it's the very response that matters. And the more you hear and know God's word, the greater your responsibility is. But I want you to see that Jesus is not contrasting good and bad people. He's not looking at their outside behavior. That he's contrasting religious people and Christ followers. In other words, they both behave the same from a distance. They both might be praying. They both might be attending church or giving to the poor. They might even be saying all the right things, but he's saying one is a fool and the other is wise. The fool on the inside hears the gospel, but doesn't take it, doesn't obey it. And this could even be a well-educated person who knows the Bible well, but as they hear, their heart is still hard. They're not transformed by the words of Christ. One is building their life on the rock, and the other is not. I was watching this show with my kids, and it's called Brainchild. And it's this game show in which the kids were competing against the parents. And this specific episode was called Beat the Parents. You know, they have both these mental challenges and physical challenges. And actually, they were given this list of instructions. And so... At the top of the instructions, it says, please read all of the tasks before starting. 
And so then they say, go. And on one side, you see this divider here. The kids are frantically going through the list. You know, one's like pouring slime and paint, and then it's juggling, and it's doing all these activities so that they can quickly move through the list. But then on the other side, you see the parent just sitting down, eating cookies, and enjoying themselves. Well, why? Well, when you get to the last task, it says, ignore all instructions, just sit down and relax. And the final instruction made all of the other tasks unnecessary. Darren is one parent actually also didn't read the instructions and continued on and got all messy and whatever. But just like in the game, we can glaze over what Jesus is saying and we start doing things without really hearing him first. On the outside, it appears that we are busy, but something vital is missing. And both heard, but both didn't obey. Both professed to be following, but the fool did not put Jesus' words into practice. Jesus is saying that a fool is missing the main thing and that there's consequences when we miss the main thing. And the fool is concerned more about appearances than really being changed by Christ. This is exactly what happened to the Pharisees, that on the outside, they seem to have it all together. You know, the appearances... They started going through the motions of obeying the law, but didn't really take heed to the words of Christ. You know, there there was positioning and posturing. They wanted to be loved, but they didn't want to love like Christ. They were too proud for the new information that Jesus was giving them. They were too complacent, and it didn't reach their inner heart. So what about us? Are we just going through the motions? Do we know Jesus in a way that his words sink into the inner parts of our hearts so that we are changed? And this is what it means to follow Christ, is that we need to come into this close relationship in which we are acquainted with Jesus by reading the scriptures, especially the gospels, over and over so that we can deeply know him. And because we know him, we start to obey him. This is why Jesus said in John 14, 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do what I say. Well, next, when we build our life, we need to understand that both people built houses. That both built houses. You know, Jesus gives this metaphor, which we've been talking about, in which one house is built on something solid and one is built on the sand. Well, what does it mean to build our house on the sand? Well, let's keep reading. It says, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does them, 
and does not do them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. You know, the sand is this image for someone who builds their life on something that's unstable, that's shaky. It's failure to do what Christ said, and it's a substitute for the solid rock. It's talking about someone who has a form of godliness and thinks that they are safe, but is headed towards a massive, eternal ending. This is why the Bible says is that we need to examine our inner self and life because Jesus warns us that those who are not truly following him will not inherit the kingdom of God. So then, in contrasting that, what does it mean to build our house on the rock? Well, Matthew 20, sorry, 7, 24 says this, that the wise man built his house on the rock. You know, there's this juxtaposition between the sand and the rock. You know, the rock has been broken down into this unstable matter, and the rock is solid. And as we follow the Lord, learning to trust and obey him, we receive this solid, unshakable, foundation. The wise person is a believer whose life is genuinely built upon Christ. And in a storm, they have faith and hope and love. The wise person is like a tree planted by that water source where their leaves do not wither. But on one hand, I want you to hear this. How do you know? If you've built your life on something solid or not. Because if I'm honest, I don't, I don't have it all together. Does that mean my life is not being built on the solid rock? Well, the reality is no one will ever have it all together on this side of heaven because we are human and fallible. But Jesus knows that you won't have it all together, but the point is he invites you in so that he can build your life on a solid foundation. It's this progression of you becoming more like Christ. And when that happens, these expressions of fruit start to be produced in your life. And as Galatians 5, these expressions are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Jesus is saying that is the evidence of you building your house on a solid rock. But I want you to hear this. That Jesus is saying both built houses. The parable represents two types of so-called Christians. In other words, they both think that they're Christians, but in the end, one falls and the other doesn't. You know, they both attend church. They both do Christian things. They both, again, pray, give to the poor, whatever it is. 
but one false. So how do you know if something is authentic or not? That's what Jesus is saying. Think of it this way. Have you ever encountered counterfeit money? I don't know about you, but sometimes it's pretty obvious. And sometimes it's not, especially when you have it in your hand, you start to examine it. But there's two methodologies that I found very interesting in which you can determine whether the money is counterfeit or not. One is there's a watermark. And the watermark is not something that is printed on the bill, but it's something that is embedded in. And when you hold it up to the light, you can determine whether it's counterfeit or not. The other is comparing it from, to the real thing. And when you are trained to determine what is counterfeit or not, you actually spend more time with real bills than the fake ones. That you feel the texture, the paper, and you start to realize what is authentic and what is not. Well, the more you feel and spend time with real money, the more you know what is genuine and what is not. In other words, the more we spend time with Christ, the more we know what it authentically looks like to follow Christ and what it does not. In John 2, 4, it says this, If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commands, that person is a liar and is not living the truth. What a verse. So how do we know if something is authentic or not? To be honest, the very words of Jesus are being challenged and tested in today's world more than ever. You know, there's a movement called deconstructing faith. It starts as this intellectual exercise and then it starts to become, if you're not careful, something that erodes the foundation of faith. It's driven by doubt. And the question underneath all the other questions is pretty straightforward. Is it, can I trust my beliefs in the way that they're being presented? And can I operate in them anymore? I'll put it in another way. Does it really fit our modern culture or not. It's become almost this, you know, find your own truth by picking and choosing kind of what fits our life now and then you, you know, get rid of the rest. Here's some examples. Is that some people don't like the idea that, you know, there's hell. You know, how, how can a loving God send someone to hell? So I'll just delete hell from my beliefs. Another one is, is that some people are starting to pull apart the entire gospel. And here's one way I've seen it recently. Is that, you know, God created everything good. Adam and Eve sinned and rebelled. And therefore, we believe that all babies are bad. Therefore... Christianity is not true. 
But the problem is, that's not the entire truth. The babies, too, are made in the image of God and loved by God. And yes, they are fallible because of what Adam and Eve did and because of what you and I did. But it doesn't tell the whole story of the gospel. And yet, some are writing off their faith because of these challenges. Or here's one more. You know, the church is full of hypocrites. Therefore, I don't want to be part of it, and I can just do Christianity on my own. And here, people are pulling the thread, and their beliefs are starting to unravel. The problem is, is they're still calling it Christianity when it's no longer Christianity at all. On the positive, I want to say it's good to work through doubts and ask difficult questions. And we've been doing this all throughout history. But I also want to say that there's some pillars of Christian orthodoxy that we need to stand on. And that they've stood the test of time. That's why we have doctrines and creeds and statements of faith. But on the negative, you can't just pick and choose the things that you like and dislike of Christianity and still call it Christianity. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying. When you stand on that, it's sinking sand. So as Christians, we need to understand what a solid foundation is and what it is not. Because both built houses. They both looked the same, but in the end, one came crashing down. So lastly, both houses were tested. Both houses were tested. Look with me at Matthew 7, 25 and 27. If I could get the verse up. Said, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. But on the contrary, the same thing happened. The rains came, the floods came, and the, the winds blew, and the house fell because it was built on sinking sand. The house fell because. Well, it wasn't built on the right foundation. It collapsed, became complete ruin. At the end, there was no other fate but destruction. And so it is with anyone who hears Jesus' teaching without heeding it. You know, some see the storm simply as, you know, a way in which you can get through the difficulties of today. You know, there's this sense of having this foundation in Christ. You know, you can stand firm through the normal troubles and struggles of life in a broken world. Therefore, you can face the storm and it will not collapse. But I actually think there's something else at work here. Something deeper. In Matthew 5, it says the rain was a sign of blessing for farming and all those types of uh, societies so that the water would help it grow. But in the Old Testament, storms are a symbol of God's judgment. And specifically in Ezekiel, it talks about the rains coming as judgment on those who do not obey. 
Judgment on those who continue a life of sin, even though they've heard God speak. Here Jesus is speaking here of the last storm, the judgment of God against all sin on the last day, on the day of the Lord. And Jesus is raising the question, will your house stand? Jesus says that they both heard his words. That they both went to church. They both listened to sermons. And the difference is one heard and the other heard but didn't obey. But here's the key. You need Christ to build your house on a solid foundation. You need Christ to build your house on a solid foundation. A pastor put it this way. Have you ever shopped at Home Depot or Lowe's and you've walked in and you've seen some of the rejected materials? You know, usually there's a discount, all that kind of thing. You know, some of the lumber may be broken, cracked, warped, crooked, or just plain bad. You know, these piles of lumber go ignored as faithful builders go and finding the, the better material so that they can build a strong house. But here's the difference. Jesus actually goes and gets his cart and he finds those warped materials, those broken pieces, and he starts to fill his cart. And others would have said, well, Jesus, what are you doing? Well, I'm building a house on a firm foundation. And Jesus continues to gather all the broken pieces. He uses crooked sticks, broken lumber, and everything that everyone else looks past or they've tossed aside. And yet somehow he's delighting in building something out of broken things. You can almost hear Jesus' voice saying, no, I'm going to build my house and nothing is going to stop me. These crooked, warped, broken pieces of wood are perfect because they are mine. And off he goes, using broken people to build his church. And believe me, in Christ, it will all pass the inspection as we stand redeemed on that firm foundation because of what Jesus did on the cross. So how about you? Will your house stand? I mean, the gospel makes it clear that there is not something that we can do on our own. It's not a house that you can build, but it's a house that Christ builds through us. And all our working and our striving of trying to be something that we're not is sinking sand. We tend to think that we need to work harder and be less broken and more acceptable. Then God will bless us. But it's this coming to Jesus with our broken boards of our life and saying, God, build something beautiful. We need to stop building ourselves up. 
And we need to move to a place of knowing the love of Christ so genuinely that we can't help but obey him. It's the love of Christ that is a solid foundation. It's this love that builds a life that will last in the final storm. It's a love that will help you get through. It's a love that gives you assurance and affirmation. It's a love that will produce fruit. This is why we need to surrender our lives to Christ. So the spirit of God, which is embedded in us, does this inner renovation in which Jesus builds something more beautiful. And it's because of that truth we can say, we can leap off the solid foundation because God says, you are my creation. He says, I created you in my image, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. It's because of this foundation we can say, I have a crown of glory and honor that he has given us. That we can also believe that he knows the plans for us. That you are a child of God. It's because of this foundation that we can sing, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. That we can sing, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. It's because of this foundation that just like Enoch, we can walk with God daily, despite the sinful culture that we live in. We're even closer to home. It's why May Miller, as she's going through cancer and gets bad news, can say in her email this week, he still is who he says he is. He's all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving. We are standing on this firm foundation. It's why Ron Morgan and his team continue to serve the poor right outside our doors. When it's raining or pouring. Because they know they're standing on a firm foundation. It's why the central staff and board serve even throughout the difficulties and work hard behind the scenes. And I know many want to give up at times, but they know that they're standing on a firm foundation. This is what it means to build our life on something solid. And it's a life that is being transformed from the inside out when you recognize what you have. It's a life that puts Jesus first no matter what. It's a house built on a solid rock. So in closing, what are you building your life on? Is it authentic or not? How do you know? Jesus says at the end of your life, there's a judge 
He says at the end of that judgment, there's a sentence and your house will be tested and it either will stand or fall. It will either be built on a rock or on the sand. Your life will either produce fruit or it will not. So I beg you to examine your life. Are you just hearing the words of Jesus? Or are you obeying them? What are you building your life on? Please pray with me. God, we thank you for this metaphor, a metaphor that is so important for all of us to really evaluate our life. And I just pray if there's someone who recognizes this morning that they have not built their life on you, that they would take a step forward and pray that you would become their everything, that they would recognize that you've died on the cross, that you've paid the price so that they could firmly stand in you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. Thank you for a solid foundation that you've built for us. Help us to live a life that recognizes that, that is fruitful, that is progressing towards you. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and gatherings, visit us at centralbaptistchurch.ca. Thanks for listening to the Central Baptist Church Podcast. Thank you.